Welcome to Blunt Reflections. I am Queen Be Divine. Listen to the journeys of mine. Take what you want and leave the rest behind. Just give me a little bit of your valuable time. If home is where the heart is, then if you're homeless, if home is if home is where the heart is, then if you're homeless, then if you're homeless, does the heart does the heart reside? My very first homelessness experiences when I left home at around 11, 12. I had to sleep in, a, in buildings, stairways. I found myself sleeping in laundry rooms and going to grocery stores and walking down the, the fruit and vegetable aisle and picking grapes and eating them to survive. I am... Um, even got little sticky fingers taking sweet buns off the shelf to eat. I was finally rescued when I went back to my childhood home neighborhood. And one of my neighbors took pity on me and put me up for the summer. Things happen. My husband was a part of the union, and then it kind of fell apart. Things catch up on you, bills catch up on you, and then before you know it, you have to find somewhere to live immediately. And he still had a job. But we didn't have the funds to get a place, place. So we stayed in a place called Hotel Six, excuse me. And that was, uh, where was it? It was in, it was somewhere in the area of Pickering in Toronto. <laughs> and we were blessed to have a place to live, but it wasn't home. Is where the heart is. Then if you're homeless, where does the heart reside? And the different people I met in that motel was eye-opening. Eye-opening. I couldn't believe the various types of people that you would find at a Motel 6. <laughs> I believe we were there for, oh my God. God, maybe a month, I think a month, and um, I met a woman who had a teenage boy. He was almost able to be on his own. I think he was 18, and his mother was a woman of the night, and every so often you'd see the kid sitting outside just waiting for his mother to be finished her job. I befriended his mother and she was a kind soul. We were sitting at a place having dinner. She had taken me to the local Swiss chalet for dinner and we sat there and a phone call rang as we were eating our quarter chicken dinner with fries, white meat. <laughs> and suddenly she said, yeah, I can do BJ's, BJ's. 
Um, um, and, and she started saying the different positions in code. She hung up the phone and said, oh, just business. And I said, is that what you do? She said, yeah, that's what I do. I make a good living about uh, off it, but uh, hopefully I could save some money to get my kids out because this motel is not a home. If home is where the heart is, then if you're homeless, where does the heart reside? I agreed with her, but I also admired her for doing what she had to do to get to the next level. Another lady I met in there was a stripper. She worked at a bar called the Royal and took me there. Very interesting. I sat down in the afternoon, and it's true what they say about the afternoon. Anyways, as I sat there in the in the um strip club in the af in the middle of the afternoon. I listened to this young lady talk about dreams and how she said that eventually she would find herself on a plot of land, a little farmhouse, and that was it. Boy, I realized how important a home meant and what it meant to different types of people. If home is where the heart is, then if you're homeless, where does the heart reside? Our experience at Motel 6 ended quite abruptly due to the fact that I asked a manager if I could get a vacuum to vacuum my room because I had made a mess. I had befriended one of the cleaning ladies, and I just wanted to be sure that I wasn't using something without permission. Apparently, this manager did not like this and called the cops, and within minutes, we were out. But on the way out, a couple understood our plight and took pity on us and said if they, we were willing to wait a few days, they could contact us and we could share a farmhouse that they just rented. A few days passed and we found ourselves in a beautiful farmhouse. They had two horses as well. Oh, how beautiful was that experience. But the very next day that we moved in, there were rules on the fridge. What we couldn't eat, what we couldn't do, and the times we had to be in. We found this odd. But we kept our, our, our emotions to ourselves because we were blessed to have a home, a roof over our head. And the next day, there were more rules telling us what we could and could not watch on TV. And the only thing they would allow us to watch was a video called The Shift by a gentleman called Wayne Dreyer. Now, if I didn't meet this couple, I might find some validity in Wayne Dreyer's talks. But due to the fact that day in, day out, at least three times a day, this video was on, I grew to detest it, unfortunately. But nothing personal, Mr. Wayne Dreyer. Then, out of the blue, we noticed our dog was acting a little funny. It was about two weeks into it. 
and my husband noticed that all the food that we had been putting out for our dog was being disposed of. Well, now we knew that there was something wrong. At night, we'd hear the woman walk the house. She sounded crazy. And suddenly, she said that I was a threat to the house and asked us to leave immediately. She tried to convince my husband to put me in a psych ward. She said that they can all be together. My husband agreed. I told him to agree because otherwise she would have never gave us our money back. And as soon as we got our money back, we got the heck out of Dodge. There was a couple who lived beneath us who was sharing the farmhouse as well and heard our plight. <laughs> and we found another place to live. Home is where the heart is. Then if you're homeless, where does the heart reside? It can be tiring listening to all these stories of homelessness, but can you imagine those who are actually experiencing homelessness. So how about you take a break with this calm Marshall, C-A-L-M Marshall, a moment of positive reflection. And I'll see you back on Blunt Reflections. Thanks for listening to The Commercial, C-A-L-M, a moment of positive reflections. Now back to Blunt Reflections. We found another place to live for just a moment. But again, bills seem to just outrun you. Homelessness is not something that people ask for. It seems to fall upon you in a society where people are let go, where savings are not possible, and where family lets you down. If home is where the heart is, then if you're homeless, where does the heart reside? April 11th, 2010. We were three days from eviction. At least that's what the sheriff note said that was pinned on our door. What were we going to do? It seems that bills just keep catching up to you and you can't do anything about it. And so 
My husband gave me an idea. He said, there's no reason to sit around the house and wallow in this sadness. Let's go for a walk. I did not want to do that, because how was a walk going to solve our problems? But reluctantly, I went for a walk. And as we were walking down the street, there was a bald man coming towards us. And within a glimpse of his eye, he was beside us. And he had put out his hand to give me a low high five. And then he stopped for a second, paused his phone call, and said, I like your energy. I want to visit with you. Left his address and kept on walking. How odd, I thought. We went back home and thought maybe we should go and see him. You never know what could happen. We ended up at his address, and you know what? He was a very wealthy man, had a huge mansion. And we were blessed to be at the right moment, the right time. It seems he was just kind of lonely, and he seemed that we look like the people that can talk. Well, we told him our situation, and he said he would love to have a stay with him. It was an interesting experience. We couldn't bring the dog inside the house. We had to leave him in the garage. And we reluctantly did. But what are you going to do? You need somewhere to live. He even went on vacation and left us in his house. How awesome was that? He was going through a bout of depression. And he would take us for walks to the cemetery where he would find an open grave and lay in it. We waited outside the graveyard and waited the half an hour until he came back. He said that he was talking to spirits, hoping that he could find some salvation. Well, I quickly told him that dead spirits are not exactly who you want to find salvation from. But nevertheless, he continued to do it. He talked about suicide and sadness. He said his sadness came from being an inventor of the, the self-parking self car and his brother stealing his idea and making millions off of it, leaving him in just what he was at at the moment. He said every day he'd wake up and have a fight with God and Satan. So I asked him who was winning. He said, Satan. He found my husband quite intriguing. And intriguing enough to find him sexually hmm, interesting. Soon after, we found that somebody was abusing our dog. It was time to go. And so we made our way out into the world again. We ended up sleeping in the car and kept a low profile because we didn't want the authorities to take away our dog. Did you know that there are not many, if any, homeless shelters for couples? They're all separate for men or for women. Anyhow, at the time, it was an option, but we didn't have to go that route, thank God. A friend took us in for a moment, and then we found another person to take us in for a moment, until finally we arrived at a place called Treasure Isle.
It's a record store specifically for the ah the the black community, the reggae community. Anybody's welcome in, but they do specify in African art, um, Caribbean art, and music as well. I had befriended the wife's owner, and as I was sitting there in the park, I thought about her. I thought maybe she can help us, but not before my husband decide to finally call home and ask if they could help us. He picked up the phone and dialed the number. His mother answered. He sat there and she, they talked for a bit. And at one moment in the conversation, he looked up at me and I looked up at him. And without any words, we realized we couldn't ask them for help. We had to do this on our own. If home is where the heart is, then if you're homeless, where does the heart reside? And so the conversation ended and we sat in the park at Eglinton Avenue West just sitting there, wondering what would we do with ourselves. I finally got the courage up to go to that place that I mentioned, Treasure Isle, and I asked her, I need help. Can you help me? Can you help us? They ran a store, so they allowed us to stay in the, the store basement. And there we sat. We lived there for a while. It was kind of tricky because the store closed at 8 or 9 and we had to be in at that time. We had to keep the, the dog quiet. We had to do a lot of things. But it was shelter. It was home. And my heart finally got a rest. For a moment. But like in every situation... People see you and judge you and don't understand the plight of what homelessness can do to you. It breaks you. It makes you feel worthless. It makes you feel like you do not deserve to be a part of society, which is completely untrue. After a month and a half of grace and struggle, we finally found a place on Wilson Avenue. It was really run down. Landlord was a slumlord, <laughs> but it was a place to live. And we used it for as long as we could. The story continues from there and it takes a different turn. But my point is, Homelessness is a funny thing. And I know most of society right now is on the brink of homelessness. And there are fears that perhaps the money won't last. You will find yourself in situations that you can't, uh, you can't justify. I can't tell you not to worry. But I can tell you, think positive. That's how I got through it. I learned how to live on sardines and bread. <laughs> I learned to sleep in a car with a, a husband and a dog. <laughs>
If home is where the heart is, then if you're homeless, where does the heart I learned that it doesn't define who you are. And it will never define who you are. It's just a moment in time. And then eventually, you'll get back on your feet. Eventually, slowly, you do have to crawl before you walk. And you have to walk before you can run. And homelessness is that step in life. You have to do it that way. So, if you see people on the street, some of them actually do want to be there. I've spoken to many who say, "Mm, this is what I want. This is what I need. And then there are others who just hope for a miracle. Somewhere where their heart can rest. Because if home is where the heart is, where is the heart? I have thank yous for all the people that took pity on us, whether their intentions were pure or not. I am grateful to have gone through the adventure of homelessness, and I understand it. And I implore everyone to not look upon the homeless as people who do not deserve the life of joy and abundance. I have a specific thank you to a woman named Kim. She and her husband ran the store of Treasure Isle, specifically for the couple. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart, all of it, for taking the chance to have us in your basement on those little black couches that we humbly accepted as our own and I want you to know Kim wherever you are a blessing will come your way out of the blue because that's what you did for us you kept us on our feet you fed us when nobody else would feed us And I want to say thank you wherever you are, Kim, to you and your family. One love and blessings on the journey to all of you. This is Blend Reflection, and I am Queen Be Divine. Thank you for listening. Shout out goes to Robert Cordelone III. Check him out on SoundCloud or on the link below. Blunt Reflections can now be found on Anchor, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, as well as Spotify and SoundCloud. If you would like what you hear, please subscribe and follow. And join me next time on Blunt Reflections for one of the stories from my journey. And if I've met you, you probably taught me something. And I might be talking about you. Listen next time on Blunt Reflections.